What you all missed <laughs> off screen cannot be recaptured, but the fact that it just cut to me with my mouth wide open is a signifier that you should probably come watch the Lunch Plus episodes live here in studio. <laughs> Welcome to What's Right Lunch Plus here on this Wednesday. If you come ever to watch us live in person, maybe you too can see Buddy scampering across like a prairie dog ape animal. Uh, but thank well, what you. What you would call that? I don't know, like a a a, a pranimal, like a, a, a this is different. A prarilla. It's a one of a kind. A grary dog. I don't it was know. original, <laughs> original. But thank you for being here. We are going to have such a great day today. Share the broadcast. Somebody that you know needs to hear what is about to be delivered today. We're just super excited to have you with us. And comment, tell us who you are, where we're, where you are watching from. I almost said where we're watching from, but. I mean, we're we're right here. We're watching you watch us. So watching you. Da, 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 da. Okay. Uh, Natalie says hello. Serena says hello. George says aloha. So now I'm picturing George like at home doing the hula. Uh, George <laughs> says, or yeah, George says aloha. Lisa says good evening, peeps. Love y'all. Holly says hello. It's just so exciting to have y'all here with us, and we're back. Myself from outer space. That's exactly where I went. I love y'all both so much. Mm. Buddy says, "Hey." I'm sure not with that inflection, but that's how I read it. So that's how Buddy typed it. Um, Kevin says he's still in Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> As y'all are hopping on, we are going to chit chat a little bit this morning. Got some questions for you. Question numero uno. Uno. So it would have been funny if he would have ran. And talk like a valley girl. Oh, they say one moment. Paul is talking still about Buddy scampering like a gorilla. Yes. The pastor said that he probably didn't say that with his, the valley girl thing. I was like, <laughs> well, what would have been funny is if he would have said that in the valley girl while he was running like a whatever you want to call it. Miss <laughs> hey. Darla says, hello, hello. Y'all, as you're hopping on and as we are getting the questions up and going today, tonight is the final night of Pastor Tracy Services in South Carolina. <laughs> and that was Pastor picking his nose. He's here. <laughs> tonight in Jefferson, South Carolina, one of our... One of our very favorite ministers, pastor, one of Pastor's <laughs> spiritual fathers, he has been ministering at Faith Family Church, and you're invited to go. It's going to be at 7 p.m. You're not going to want to miss it. They have been powerful services, so if you are anywhere in the Carolinas, get there tonight. Dun, da, da, da. Okay, question one. I'm getting the thumbs up from Sound Booth. It's happening. It's happening. It's going down. It's, it's about to go down. <laughs> I'm so glad we're starting with this one because I figured you'd have fun answers. What movie inspired by Buddy? This was an inspired by Buddy question. What movie would be greatly improved if it was turned into a musical? Greatly improved. 
Is that possible? I I feel like Planet of the Apes could be a really fun musical. Like, <laughs> Buddy, that was the first one I thought of. Die Hard was the first one I thought of. <laughs> I can't. I haven't seen Die Hard, but that was immediately what popped up as one that would be a fun answer for George. Um, no one is giving See, answers. If you, I feel if you like made they're it good a ones. Comedy, but you said improve. Mm -hmm. If you turn it into a musical, in my standpoint, it's never an improvement. <laughs> you know what would be a great one? Okay, no one has probably seen this. Sharknado would be an awesome musical. <laughs> Sharknado would be so solid. Imagine the flying sharks in the balcony, like coming down. What a great one. Never seen it. Uh, you've never seen Sharknado? It sound, I bet it's as good as it sounds. And it is, but it's amazing. Sharknado. And just like that, or, I know what the Stallings and Nowers are doing on their next hangout day. <laughs> Abby says, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Where is my ring? Where is my ring? <laughs> I, one of my favorite things is just making up my own tone. Ashley, thank you. I love you. You are sweet. Ashley, what movie would be greatly improved if it was turned into a musical? You have to give an answer. Think of how funny heavyweights would be if, See, if it we're was going a musical. Comedy, if we're making it funny? Yeah. But you said improve. I, it could be fun. enhanced. Enhanced. <laughs> Julie, what movie yes. would be improved or funny if it was turned into a musical? George says he's drawing a blank. I think that I Sharknado George. is absolutely my answer to that, 100%. Apparently, this is not a very popular question. I'm sorry. I thought that this would be very funny. <laughs> Pastor's here. Okay, question number two. Maybe Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park would be a cool musical. What? I feel like that... <laughs> <laughs> That's captured on camera forever. Good. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> George says, the whole improved to a musical is what I'm having a difficult time with. Well, <laughs> Thank you, Rocky, George. I'm glad uh, we agree. See, Don't this, you say, did you say Rocky? Buddy said Rocky. Whoa! Buddy, buddy said Rocky. Don't touch my movie. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> you, that would ruin it. <laughs> I'm disappointed. It's like, buddy is my people. Buddy is absolutely my people. Okay, question number two. Uh, we skipped by it because Buddy rocked Paul's world. Um, okay, what's been your biggest screw-up in the kitchen? Now, I know we are to think on things worthy of praise, <laughs> but something that you maybe have done incorrectly can bring praise to others. So I will start by sharing one of my biggest screw-ups in the kitchen um, that I remember having impacted lots of people with. My friend Desi and I, we were making Spanish rice in our college dorm room, and I, we forgot about it. Like, it was a communal kitchen, and we forgot that it was on the stove, and so all the water left, and then it started burning, and then it caught on fire. And what you wouldn't think was that the smell of Spanish rice could permeate an entire building. Oh, but it can. And so everyone was it smelled. On fire? That's not, the not like fully on fire, but it was definitely burnt. yes. It was black at the end. <laughs> That's what the smell was. Anytime yes. you have a burnt, it'll permeate. Is my wife so watching? we became super popular amongst our college friends. Mine would be letting my wife in. 
not online right now, so I can say that. <laughs> the kitchen. Buddy. I'm just kidding. George said I'm not talking to Buddy for five minutes. <laughs> Thank you, George. <laughs> for your rocky comment. Yeah. Uh, Buddy said he forgot to add water to his ramen, and it caught fire in the microwave. See, Buddy really is my people, like 100%. Serena says, anything that has involved baking desserts. I also set the microwave on fire twice. I've done that. The crab trees, they've just really brought so much joy to my life. Put a life. frozen pizza in the oven, forgot about it. Is that the one that Abby almost, like, Abby had to save? No. No? No, this one was when I, I had roommate. Oh. And when I realized it, it was like black, like hard, like a brick, like a frisbee. Like I could throw it because I literally <laughs> stepped out of our, our door and threw it across the parking lot. I put peeps in the microwave once because I wanted probably... to. See, I wanted to see what happened. <laughs> I heard that they got really big, so I wanted to see how big they got. But my like teenage brain did not put together big also equals explosion if they're kept in there. So and then fire. That was one Jade. of the fire times. Jade forgot to to remember that <laughs> the burners, when they're red, they're hot, and oh, put no. her hand to the burner, like grab the burner. Mm. Uh, st we still ask why, why? Mm. Okay. Oh Lord. Prill says she forgot one time that she had put some eggs on to boil, and then all the water boiled out, and then the eggs started popping like popcorn. That's interesting. Holly said that she set the microwave on fire as well once. How did you catch yours on fire? Ashley says that she has burned <laughs> bread. She can cook anything else, but I burn toast or bread. And then Kevin says that his biggest mistake in the kitchen was taking mom's Tupperware bowl to change the oil in my truck. She was not That's amused. I've, I've done that with my mom's like dish rags <laughs> yes. and stuff. And I do that still with Jade and she gets really mad. Oh, Julie says that she dropped a Rocky Road bar dessert while putting it in the oven. It's several Whoa. layers and not easy to make. At that point, see, I do that. I've done that with pancakes before. Like, I'll try to flip it, and it'll just stop. So it turns into, like, scrambled pancake. Like, instead of flipping it, it just dissolves. So at that point, it's not a layered dessert. It's just... I thought you were going to say you pulled the cartoon thing and flipped it in it. I've always to wanted to do that, and it's never been You wanted to stick to I want to see if, like, cheese pizza will stick to a ceiling, like it does in the cartoons. No. I'm not doing it. I'm an adult <laughs> now, but I wanted to see what would happen. That'd be really hard to repaint that. I'm, again, grease I understand the responsibility aspect, so I won't, but there's still a part of childhood Barrett that wants to see if it's like in Scooby-Doo, where the cheese will just, like, drip <laughs> from the ceiling. <laughs> Okay, question number three. Bum, ba, da, da. And what kids movie did you think was too scary when you were a child? So not necessarily one that was supposed to be scary. So my answer to this was The Grinch. I remember watching The Grinch and I could only watch it with my dad because the moment where it goes, and The Grinch had an idea. An awful idea. The Grinch had a wonderful, awful idea, and his grin gets really big. It scared me every single time, and I couldn't stay in the room. Like, I'd have to run out of the room, and I could come back, but that moment would freak me out. And I distinctly remember being, like, four years old, sitting on the couch, and that was about to happen, and my dad wasn't in the room, so I ran downstairs to the basement where it was, and then I came back. 
The Wizard of Oz is a freaky movie. Hey, Jennifer, welcome to the broadcast. Buddy, Buddy is, you're my favorite I'm trying to think of the name today. of the movie it had. Oh, man. Oh, did you see Kevin? Kevin's going back to the baking. He said, do you, have you ever baked a turkey but forgotten to move the gizzard pouch? Oops. I know somebody that has. <laughs> Buddy said smart house. Marky, Buddy's answer was smart house. I feel like, Marky, you're going to appreciate that. <laughs> That's a Disney Channel original movie. It was a freaky movie. Man, what was the It had John Candy in it. And... While you're thinking, Kevin says any of the Goosebumps movies. Absolutely. That, those freak me out, too. And then Pastor Nicole says Pinocchio and Alice in Wonderland were creepy. Yes. Up. Up. <laughs> Interesting. I've never watched Up, but it seemed very, very sad. Nope. I know which one it was. It's, <clears throat> the, it was in the 80s, but underneath the bed at night, the monsters would come out, and they would go from, like, room to room. Mm. And then you, uh, the kid that put, huh? No, it's <laughs> Monsters Under the Barbetta, I think is what it was called. Pink. But because uh, what's the guy with the shaved head that's germaphobe? Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel. He played the main monster with the curved yeah. horns. Because I remember the first time I was watching it when the hand came out of the bed, that was it. Like, from then on, something was under my bed all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that Abby's answer is Up. I've never thought of Up as a scary movie. That's interesting. Is it because Although the I'm sure just many took other off? people have not thought of The Grinch as a scary movie either, so I have no room to talk. <laughs> is it because of the balloons and heights? No, it's the old guy dying. It's just dark. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> buddy, to you, Abigail. Buddy elaborate, says, elaborate, please. please. <laughs> it's just dark, for like a kid's cartoon movie, and it's like, oh, we had a great life, and now she's dead. <laughs> and now he's so bad, and everybody's like, oh, my gosh, I thought this was a kid's movie. That's what it was. Abby says the bad guy was yeah. very scary and realistic, and all the colors were very dark. Oliver thinks Home Alone is scary. <laughs> I understand that. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was scary because of the kid catcher in it. That was a scary movie. I never liked that movie. I've never seen it. Uh, I, I've see, never watched I, it all the way That's Jade's favorite movie. She'll make you watch Jade, it. Sorry, Jade. Serena says Toy Story. Um, I heard Toy, Toy Story 4 was pretty dark. It was. It, it was I didn't kind see of. It. They. they they were reaching to try to get something, and they kind of went way. They went off the deep end. Toy Story 4 was bad. I did Plus, not it like had the Toy creepy, Story. like, weird dolls in it. Yeah, like the man, like the yeah. weird ventriloquist yeah. dummy things. Jade said Wizard of Oz. I have to say the monkeys, I remember having dreams of them when I was a yeah. kid, so mm -hmm. Priscilla nailed that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The monkeys. All right. Awesome. Hey, share the broadcast. It's going to be a great, great day. We love you and uh, praise God for you. It's going to be great and glad to be back here today. Uh, we were live on location uh, yesterday, but it was a challenge. I'll tell you, we, had, we ran into several things. Darla said Gremlins. I was going to say that too. Um, that was not a good movie. No. So, anyway, um, one of the things that. Uh, I'm just happy to be here today. We're going to be back in uh, the man who would be king, looking at 1 Samuel 26. Share the broadcast. There's people that you know that it will greatly help out. Yeah. And uh, let's take a look at the man who would be king as the man who would be a leader 
the person, not just the man, the man or woman who would be a leader, a president, a CEO, president of a country, uh, anything. Who is that person who's called to be a leader? Anybody in the kingdom of God is called to be a leader. Everyone is a minister uh, in the kingdom of God. doesn't mean that they're a pastor or apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, but everybody's called to minister. And so because of that, we need to be operating as a leader. We're called to disciple people. Well, to disciple people, you have to lead people. In order to lead people, you have to give yourself to the things of God so that you can be a leader in his eyes, not just a leader in the world's eyes. And so we've been studying, what part is this? 34. Oh, we don't have it named as that. No. I wasn't sure what we were doing today, so I just kept it blank. But it's either 33 or 34. Yeah, I got you. Hey, Pastor Matthew, good to see you on there. Pastor Doug Van Ale, good to see you as well. We welcome you. Uh, So we're in 1 Samuel 26, and, uh, you know, to give you the setup... Uh, we're talking about the leadership principles between uh, King Saul and David, who's in his wilderness time still. And then also looking at the relationship between Jonathan and Abigail and looking at all these great leadership teaching points and saying, Lord, how do I be the person that you want me to be? Well, we can look in the Word and see the things that were godly and things that weren't. So one of the things we see is that King Saul was actually doing well like his first week of being king and then he went downhill quite quite rapidly mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he had a few glorious moments yeah it was uh, <laughs> it was good for a few days and so then you have David who's anointed king who really had no ill will towards Saul But Saul got jealous of him and believed the worst instead of believing the best. And now Saul's trying to hunt him. And a couple of chapters ago, you see that Saul comes into the cave and David has opportunity to kill him and he doesn't kill him. Saul repents. He comes to himself. He repents. He wakes up. and, And we talked about this. Saul comes under the anointing of David. David, in his humility, doesn't want to touch somebody who's been anointed by God. And I really believe that Saul could have turned it around, but he wouldn't repent. He wouldn't go and see Samuel. He, he wouldn't repent of this, and he wouldn't go to uh, the man of God in his life who represented God to him, yeah. and he wouldn't, he wouldn't go to him. And so, but David doesn't, doesn't kill him. He spares him, which is awesome. And I, I love this. David doesn't want to take the throne by the wrong way. And this is what yeah. makes, makes him the great king. So then we come a couple of chapters later and you meet uh, Nabal and you meet Abigail. Nabal is a ungodly man. Nab, uh, Abigail is a godly uh, wife. And Abigail takes these great actions and ends up being uh, a wife of David after Nabal passes. And then we end up in chapter 26. And so let's just start at the first. I know we've covered some of this before, so we'll go quickly. Uh, Will you read uh, just verse, and I'll just stop you if need be. Then the Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is not David hiding on the hill of Hekalah? Sure. Which is Jeshimon? So Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph, having with him 3,000 chosen men of Israel to search for David in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul camped at the hill of Hekilah, which is before Jeshimon, beside the road, and David was staying in the wilderness. 
When he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness, David sent out spies, and he knew that Saul was definitely coming. David then arose and came to the place where Saul had camped. And David saw the place where Saul lay, and Abner the son of Ner, and the, command, the commander of his army. And Saul was lying in the circle of the camp, and the people were camped around him. Okay. So... Uh, the setup is David sees Saul. He's got an opportunity to again take out his enemy, the man who's hunting him down and trying to kill him. And he decides uh, he's going to go down there. And uh, Kevin asked this question. He says, Pastor, would you agree that Saul was a seeker of God's will, but not a seeker of God's perfect will? Um, I think that could definitely apply, Kevin, but I think that I think one of the things that's very important to recognize is, are we not just a seeker of God's will once or a few moments or um, most of the time? Are, but are we a seeker of God's will all the time? In other words, are we going after, are we going after God all the time? Yeah. Or are we just saying, well, you know, I went to church on Sunday. I, I thought about Jesus on Wednesday. You know, a lot of people would count that as living a good life, but... God says that we're to crucify our flesh daily, uh, that every decision, either Jesus is Lord or not. And so I think the real issue is, did Saul move to the place where he actually was after God's will, whether it be the perfect will of God or not? Was he after God's will all the time? Yeah. Um, this is, that means... Jesus is your Lord as if you're after his will all the time. And the Lord will help you uh, separate between what's God's will, you know, or per, like permissive will or his perfect will. He'll help you show, show you the difference if we'll get our heart that says, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. You call the shots. You're the director and I'll be obedient. Yeah. And uh, I think one of the things that we have to watch is, are we willing to let Jesus call every shot? You know, there's some questions I've had in my life before where I didn't want to ask the question because I knew that the answer from the Lord probably wouldn't be what I want to hear. And, um, I, and I've even utilized that in a wrong sense. So, for example, one time I asked the Lord, let me show you how the devil can deceive you and the devil can get you to the place where you think you're doing God's will and you're completely off in it. But basically, you know, I had a situation where I'm planted in a church or I should be planted in a church. What my actions that I took were not the actions of a planted person. But uh, I believed that the pastor, I had a situation coming up to do a Bible study. And I believe that the Bible study was right and of God, but I believe that the pastor, if I asked him, would tell me no. And so I didn't go to the pastor, listen to this thinking, because... I thought that he would tell me no against something that God had done. But here's the thing. Either I'm planted or I'm not. And it's not my decision to make that. Uh, I need to submit that to my authority, and I need to say, hey, do you want this? Because he has a bigger vision that I'm supposed to be a part of, but in the under the deception of I'm going, I want God's will to be done perfectly, I took away his ability to make a decision. In other words, I, the authority that he was supposed to have in my life, 
I stripped him of that authority because I didn't even let him make a decision. Yeah. I didn't offer it to him. I didn't show him that. And so literally, I was like, no, you can't make a decision. I'm going to make a decision. It sounded holy. It sounded right, but it was completely wrong. And I, later on, I didn't know that at the time. But later on, when I did find that out, I went back and I apologized. So I didn't realize that although I would say that I was a seeker of God's will, um, I really didn't want to know the answer of what my authority would say, which represented God in my life. And, you know, maybe the pastor was getting ready to start a life group uh, right in that area, and my little Bible study would have gotten in the way of it. My, my little thinking would have gotten in the way of it, and I didn't hear from God the yeah. way that I thought I heard from God. And But I wasn't willing to submit that because... I was not really, in that moment, I was not really giving myself to make Jesus Lord. Uh, he wasn't Lord of that moment. It was what Brian thought. And Brian thought he was hearing from God, but he wasn't. And, you know, I wasn't in that moment. And so I think that's a good question. But what we have to do is say, are we truly given to what the Lord will tell us every minute of every day? Or do we really just want to do what we want to do and what we think is right? Uh, but the truth is, what we think is right is not always right. And uh, that's what we've been talking about with deception, is the one weapon that the enemy has is deception. And you've got to learn how to stay out of those deceptions. And it has a lot to do with submission, humility, and communication, mm -hmm. um, and being planted where God <clears throat> has. So that's a good question, Kevin. All right, so let's go on uh, here to verse 6. Go ahead and read uh, verse 6. Then David said to Ahimelech the Hittite and to Abishai the son of Zariah, Joab's brother, saying, Who will go down with me to Saul in the camp? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. So we were talking about Abishai. You know, you're talking about going into the enemy camp. I think there's 3,000 men. Yeah, 3,000 enemy soldiers. And David says, who will go with me? Mm -hmm. Obviously, Abishai knew some stuff, and he was confident mm -hmm. in his ability. Yeah. And so he goes down there into this place. Uh, he was studied to show himself approved. He knew how to wield a sword in this instance. He knew how to wield a sword. Uh, how many Christians know how to wield a sword, to wield the word of God properly? Yeah. Many don't because they've not studied to show themselves approved. But he was not only was he skilled, he was also available. Yep. And so we talked about that the other day. You can go back and listen to that. So what Nicole said, yep, not submitting to authority boils down to a lack of faith in God to op operate on our behalf. Exactly. All right, go ahead, verse 7. So David and Abishai came to the people by night, and behold, Saul lay sleeping inside the circle of the camp with his spear stuck in the ground at his head. And Abner and the people were lying around him. Then Abishai said to David, Today God has delivered your enemy into your hand. Now, therefore, please let me strike him with the spear to the ground with one stroke, and I will not strike him the second time. Okay. Now, going back to verse 7, I want you to see something. It's interesting that the Holy Ghost brings out Abner. Now, who was Abner to Saul? Abner to Saul was his right-hand man. Mm -hmm. Like, it was the person who should have been there. And why is God bringing up Abner here? Uh, 
the Lord's bringing up Abner to show us how we should be when we are tasked uh, to come aside, come beside a man of God or come beside a leader. So, for example, um, let, let's just say it's not in a church. Let's say it's in a corporation or a company, and you have the president of that company and you're working for him, or maybe you have a boss and a secretary. Uh, maybe you have a boss and somebody who's on their team. Abner represents that, that second person in authority or that person beside the authority. Abner, and God brings him up specifically. Now, why would he bring him up? Because if even, let's say that Saul is sitting there and he's supposed to be getting sleep at this period of time, who should be on guard and who should be protecting at all costs is Abner. Yep. And God's showing, look, Abner, and, and you're going to see it. Abner, you missed it. You did not protect who you were called to protect. Now, we're not just talking about a man of God, although that definitely fits here. We're not just talking about God's anointed, although that definitely fits here. We're talking about every person in life has somebody that they're called to come beside and to protect. And that can be on a large scale or it can be on a big scale. You know, last night we're at the meeting and uh, <clears throat> here's a small scale. We're at the meeting last night and uh, Pastor Tracy is getting ready to get up and minister, and I look over, he's got a blue jacket on, and he's got a hair sticking right here on his jacket. And so I'm like, well, I need to get that off before he gets going. It just, you know, it's not, what's that going to hurt? Not much of anything, but it could distract somebody. Mm -hmm. It could distract somebody looking at the hair and take away from the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Well, he couldn't see it. It was back behind him. So I was like, I, you know, sent a message uh, to uh, his guy. It was on the opposite side of his guy, so his guy didn't see it. And he didn't have his phone because he was worshiping and the Lord was giving him a word. Yeah. But I, I'm somebody that submitted to this person of leadership in my life. And I said, no, I'm not. So before he got up, I made sure that I got it off of there just so it wouldn't be any distraction whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, that's a hair. That's so small and petty. Listen, I've seen people fall off the, the, you know, the train for less mm -hmm. in, you know, in a ministry and in listening. It's amazing how, what will distract somebody because the devil will use any little thing. So that's a small area, but absolutely if someone's life is in danger, we need to make sure that we take the responsibility to do that. So one of the things that we have in our leadership class is we have the job descriptions of the leader, yeah. but then we also have the job descriptions of the team. And one of the first pieces of the job description of the team is protect the vision or the anointing in that ministry. And that's the job of everybody yeah. that's planted there. There's no way that David and Abishai should have made it through 3,000 soldiers, and then God's making it even very individually um, res responsible here, and there's no way that he should have made it past Abner. Yeah. No way should have made it past Abner. So we do the <clears throat> things to help, you know, you know, keep those things where they should be. Hey, Caleb, good to see you. Hey, Rebecca. So one of the things, let's look at a church environment, for example. How do we keep those things? So a real-life example, when we went to the Philippines last year, and we were talking, and I said, you may be able to, um, you know, Paul was there to help and to assist me. 
And so as he was there to help and assist me, now what's interesting is when you went, you were not prepared to preach, Mm-mm. but we got there, and the first night we were there, it was kind of like this. Hey, yo, Paul, you're preaching in the morning. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Way to do it. Hey, good. High five. Yeah, yeah awesome. And uh, so he was like, oh, <laughs> and that was that a good rendition that of what pretty, happened. That was pretty close. <laughs> and uh, hey, you're preaching to about 400 people in the morning. Good that job. Don't, yeah. That don't speak English. Yeah. <laughs> And you've had no message, yeah. and uh, be instant in season and out. Amen. Glory to God. And I was just smiling. I enjoyed it so much because he was getting stretched, and I loved it. And uh, so then, but what we were talking about was he wasn't there to preach. But see, if we will uphold the arms of the leaders in our yeah. lives yep. as a leader, yep. all of a sudden God will put you in a place that he can use you. Yeah. If we will be submit ourselves yeah. to the overall vision and the planning of the Lord, God will use you. Yeah. He'll put you in places that are amazing. And that's what happened there with preaching. But I want you to see something. He just came to help. Help what? And then we had this conversation. I said, look, if, I said, you may not see this as important. And see, I think some people would have issue with it. Let me, let me give you the issue so it can uh, uh, offend your flesh first, okay? Um, so it'll get your attention. So I said, hey, I want you to carry my bags. Right? You remember that? Mm-hmm. I said, I didn't actually say it just like that. What I said to him was, hey, if you see an opportunity and you can carry the bags or grab something, handle it. Now, I, I told it to him like that, one, so that he wouldn't be offended and be like, well, who does he think he is? Um, because that would be a bad thing, especially when you're on the mission field. But I said it to him like that, and I said, and I said here's the reason why. You may see it as carrying a bag, but it, to me, is a responsibility of something to watch after mm-hmm. and to think about. Mm-hmm. Where my job here. The whole reason I'm here is to watch after and think about the people and what they need. And if I know that you have that responsibility under wraps and I don't have to even think about it, I won't think about it. And it takes off of my plate so that I can minister in fullness. And it may seem like a small thing, but if I'm thinking, hey, do we have all this equipment? Because, you know, we had quite a bit of equipment in one little bag and there was some responsibility there. If I'm thinking to protect that or keeping up with or just making sure that I know where it's at, stuff like that, then what I'm not thinking about is the people that I'm actually there to call, Mm -hmm. uh, to minister to. And so simply by carrying a bag and me not having to think about it, it allowed me to operate with more freedom. I could have done it. I did it the year before. I can do it. But this allows us to operate at a higher level together. And so this is also protecting the anointing simply by saying, look, you don't have to. And what a lot of people don't realize is I took, um, uh, I've taken several people to different meetings uh, that we've gone to. And I'll tell people, look, when I go to meetings like this, you may think that I'm on vacation. It's so nice. All I, all I hear is, you know, get to hear the word. And it is. I, I'll get to hear the word. I get to get ministered to, fed, so that I can bring it back home. What they don't see is the almost 24-7 
pull how many times the Lord will put me in front of somebody to say something to them, to speak to them, uh, to give them a word that breaks them and takes them up to a new level. And as time has gone on, that's happened more and more and more and more. You know, just this morning, you know, I was talking to you on the phone. I was discussing some things that happened yesterday with Buddy. But what none of you saw was that I'm on the phone with a brand new pastor for a while that's getting ready to plant a church. And we're going through how to think about that and stuff like that. So there's always things that are happening that a lot of people don't see. And when you relieve the pressure of something even as small as a bag, it Mm -hmm. helps me to just focus on what that calling is, what that anointing is, what that what that place and that position so that that anointing can start lifting up more people here and there and everywhere. And that's what Abner represents. And he represents somebody who let it fall. And so another thing is this. So, for example... Let's say that we are, um, let's say that we're getting ready to do this broadcast and there's an anointing that will come through this broadcast and you will receive it and one word changes everything in your life. One word changes everything. So we need an anointing. We need the help of God to bring that anointing because we want to make sure that every word we say is of God because one word can change your life. And that's what we want. We want your life to go higher. We want you to be the person that would be king or a leader, president, CEO, the minister that you're called to be. We want you to rise and be promoted and the glory of God to get on you. So that's why we do broadcasts. And so let's say that I'm here. Hey, Taylor, good to see you. Randy, so let's say that I'm here, and right before the broadcast, Paul, I mean, I'm getting ready to step up here 15 minutes ahead, and let's say that Paul all of a sudden drops a major you know, issue to be handled in the ministry 15 minutes before the broadcast. Well, now I've got to deal with that thought, and it's not that I can't deal with that thought. Yeah. I can. I'm well capable of dealing with the thought. But could he have held that till after the responsibility of letting the anointing flow? Yes. And so by thinking through that, he's able to say, all right, let me protect the anointing on this broadcast. I'll hold my hold my thoughts, you know, I'll I'll wait to handle that issue till afterwards, and then it'll be where it needs to go. So uh, a lot of times, you know, people don't see that, they don't think that way, and that's why we have it in the job description of every person planted and teaching, uh, our teaching leadership to, that one of our number one uh, responsibilities is mm-hmm. to protect the vision, mm-hmm. protect the mission, protect the anointing. And you can do that by thinking about other people besides yeah. yourself. Abner missed it. And God, by the Holy Ghost, make sure to put Abner's name in here to say, look, there's other people that are responsible for Saul besides Saul. Yeah. Hear that. There's <clears throat> other people, and put this in the comments if you would. There's other people responsible for the leader besides the leader. Yeah. Okay? There's other people responsible for the leader besides the leader. Now, the leader ultimately is responsible for himself, but if we as a team join arms together, the whole team rises to new heights. The whole team rises to new heights. Amen. 
Kevin says, bearing the armor of the man of God is absolutely important to the message. It is. And of course, absolutely, of course, do have men taken advantage of that. Yeah, yeah. But just because they took advantage of it doesn't mean that it's wrong. It just means somebody did it wrong. That's all. So that we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. All right. Priscilla says, one word has changed my life through the broadcast. Through the broadcast today? Um, my first thing I thought about was when you yeah. About the giving. Oh, yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Amen. I've seen that change you and change your heart and your thinking. One word. So she's saying, look, yeah, one word can change everything. Taylor said, love you. Love you too. Darla, redemption. Amen. Kevin says, the man who submits to bearing the standard into battle is just as important as the man who blows the bugle. That's absolutely right. I love all his military references. It makes me happy on the inside. Amen. Randy said, amen, that's so important. Glory to God. All right, so before we go on, I talked for like five minutes. It was good, though, I hope. Only five? We're not talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you pretty much got it all right there. I I know for me, um, like I've, I've... Obviously, repetitions, the motor of learning, like you, the more you hear it, the more you receive it. But I know for me, I didn't fully start to understand how important it was, you know, as I, as I work here and as I work with you for me to think for you and think like you, I didn't get it until Marky and Abigail started coming in and working along with me and they started, um, they started doing what you're talking about, but for me. And as they started thinking and carrying, not for me, the person, but, you know, for the ministry, as they started doing those things, but I was able to... it is for you, too. Yes. It is. You know, that's... We don't, you know, and you didn't do it wrong, but we don't want to... What I want to do is yeah. make sure that what you said is not received wrong. You didn't do it wrong or say sure. it wrong, but... People don't understand that the vision and the call of God is linked to a person. Yeah. And when you support the person, you support the calling of God yeah. in that area. And so, yes, it is. They are serving God yeah. by serving the ministry, by serving you yeah. in that capacity uh, as, a, as a team leader yeah. in, that, in that capacity. So it is you as yeah. well. And that's not a wrong statement. It's not a bad statement. Well, even, you know, I I immediately think of the other day, Buddy, Marky, Serena, and Abigail were setting up for the broadcast after a Sunday morning, and I couldn't. Like, I physically was unable to be there because I had to handle the tithes and offerings, and I came out, and it was done. They Mm. did it for me. Like, it was handled, it was set up, and... That makes me happy. But it was awesome because I didn't have to think about it. They had it done, and it made me appreciate... you and what you have to do and also challenge me to do better you know I've sure I've hungered to do more but seeing what a relief and how much it allows me to think differently yeah like it allows me to think bigger and think on other things other than the small details it allows big thinking and so it made me challenge myself to do better with you and pastor Nicole so that way you could think bigger and think differently yeah, and we have a church here that's that's growing. Yeah. And uh, hey, Jennifer Wade, how are you? Good to see you. Uh, we have a church here that's growing, 
And, you know, it's not, our church at this present moment has not been a church that's had a thousand people on a Sunday morning. But let me, let me just show you something real quick. All right. So there's on my phone. Oh, Let's see where this always is. Always exciting. Okay. How many text messages do I have? Currently six. How many Voxer messages? Or how, how many Voxer is like a, a voice communication, text, stuff like that. How many messages do I have? 81. How many Gmails do I have? 138. How many emails do I have? I'm sure there's more, but on your phone, 9,980. Right. All right, so what you start, and that, I knocked off 20 Voxers this morning, mm -hmm. so yay, I feel accomplished. I was about 20 of them. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> My point is, we're not looking at a, a mega church, and yet that's how much stuff mm -hmm. there is to handle. And my job is to help. If, if I don't have, if I don't have yeah. people that will help carry the load, there's too much. Yeah. There's too much going on in order to handle it all. And so I would be frazzled. And if you get frazzled and tired, you know, physically, how much anointing are you going to carry? Not very much. And then the anointing is what breaks the yoke. You know, what we need even <clears throat> on uh, a message is not convincing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration and power. The kingdom is not in word only, but in power. And that power is the anointing of God. So if there aren't people that help take some pieces of that load and, and carry that, then all of a sudden you're going to see that there will not be the yeah. powerful word that breaks people free. Yeah. You know, uh, so for example, by having... Amen. Johnny said teams are the fundamental, fundamental building, building unit, unit of, of any organization. organization. Amen. And uh, so one of the things that you see, that's from the leadership training. <laughs> that and, wasn't uh, just like a ventriloquist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that you see is as a team comes together and supports uh, the whole vision, all of a sudden you can do more. So, for example, today, you know, just last night, because I was sitting in the anointing, and I know, so for example, in this, do I have to do the broadcast every single day? I mean, I don't have to, but God's called us to, so I'm doing it. So am I doing the broadcast? Yeah. Will I be here sitting in this seat every single day? No. But for the most part, I'm here every day. But I want you to know something. I didn't set up any of this. There's a light over there and a light there and a light there and a camera and a camera and a camera and a TV and a computer and booths and audio booths and a monitor. There's stuff. There's cords. There's all this kind of stuff. I didn't set up any of it. If I had to come and set this up, I would be tired. And so, but because I'm not the only one handling it and people are coming together and linking together as a team to build up what God has called us to build. I'm sitting in a meeting last night, and the Lord starts talking to me about an issue, right? He starts showing me. Uh, the pastor made an issue, uh, made a statement, and as he, as he made that statement at the church that we're at, as he made that statement, I thought, that is absolutely true, but it seems contrary to this other statement, which I also know is absolutely true. So, Lord, what's the blend of those? Where's the balance between those two statements? Mm -hmm. And the Lord started showing me that. Well, little did I know. Now, watch this. Because I'm not worn out, because we have people that are carrying things, I was able to receive an anointed word. Mm -hmm. 
Well, little, little did I know that I would need that very word this morning. And as we were talking about stuff, I gave you what the Lord gave me. And you went, oh my goodness, that just broke me free. That, yeah. that, that, that is exactly what yeah. happened. How does that happen? Because I'm not trying to set up everything. Because you're, you're not trying to set up everything and make it all happen yourself. You're not trying to do everything yourself in, in youth. You know, you're not, that's not the way it's supposed to work. Right. God gives one person a vision, right. and then he draws people to that yeah. vision. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, one of the things, um, and this, this is a great, yes, exactly, Darla, and that's a reference that we use. Uh, when Joshua held up Aaron's arm when he was getting weak, uh, it's actually, you're on the right track. It's in Exodus, I believe, uh, 17, I think it is. Exodus 17. And it was actually Aaron and her holding up Moses' hands. And Joshua was in the battle fighting, uh, in the valley fighting the battle. And as they held up his hands, Joshua won. And when his hands dropped, they lost. Exactly. And that's the exact example that we use in that leadership training. But one of the things is, we know, y'all know, we have a large vision for this ministry. Yeah. This ministry has a big vision. It's called Boomerang Church International for a reason. Yeah. Uh, we have an international, worldwide vision. And we understand that the vision is bigger than just the city that we're planted in, and we're already seeing fruit from that all over the earth. That's great. That's awesome. But here, here's the thing. You know, just recently, it's, you know, I, I want to show you something, let, let, show you a little piece, because I think everybody deals with this kind of stuff, but they don't talk about it much. All right, so recently, uh, will y'all come here, Buddy and Serena, come here real quick. You don't have to have shoes on. <laughs> but he had his shoes kicked off. <laughs> I wish come, people could see you. Make come your come stand right here just so they can see you. All right. Amen. All right. So these guys, <laughs> these guys, that was weird because in the monitor, Serena's on the right. And then I heard your voice come from the left. That was weird. Look anyway. how itty bitty they look. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so these guys just came really to big. Albemarle, North Carolina from Pennsylvania to help be a part of the vision. And then, of course, by being in that place, they're going to be blessed too. Just like you were blessed when you went to the Philippines and you're blessed in many areas where as you've been apart and all of a sudden you're around people in a different way than you would be otherwise. It's the same way. And so here it is. Uh, here it is. They've come to help. Now, here's the part that people don't talk about. That might make Paul feel funny. That might make Barrett feel funny. They're like, wait a minute, who's these new people? And why do they have access? I want to have the access. I want to have that kind of stuff. And it can make, and, and I've been in that guy. I've been that guy. I've been in that position. I remember one time I was, I felt like I was called to a position, and then they brought in the guy that they were going to put in that position, and I was looking at him like with daggers. I'm like, how dare you take my position? Yeah. You big old jerk, you know? And let me tell on myself. And I was like, he didn't do it. Yeah. And, you know, okay, if somebody got it wrong, they got it wrong. But we're here to advance the kingdom, not advance Brian, you know. But did I have to deal with those feelings? Oh, I had to deal with those feelings. Because <laughs> it was, here's the thing. So they might have feelings. It's like, who are these guys? And, of course, y'all have accepted them with loving arms, and it's awesome. 
but that doesn't mean you didn't have thoughts or feelings towards yeah. it, right? And so, and you might, you might be trying to figure out, like, how do I fit in here? I don't know, and, and, and are we going to be accepted, and all that kind of stuff. So this has, like, probably been a very, you know, Buddy laughed at me this morning because he was like, you know, that time yesterday when you threw me under the bus. Yeah, it, and I laughed. I was like, I didn't even think about that after that till you just brought it up. That's awesome. And uh, Nicole says, whoop, whoop, crab trees rock. And uh, Randy, oh, your, your mom says, hi, guys. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, here's the thing, though. How are we going to fulfill an international vision with just us? God's going to send a whole bunch more people. He's going to send a whole lot more people, yeah. and we're going to have to figure out, and things will shift, and you'll do something different, and you'll do something different, but we'll all grow together, or else we'll never fulfill the vision of God. And so a lot of times we try to grab a hold of stuff and protect it, and like, no, I'm not letting them in, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and that's real stuff. That's real stuff, but a lot of times people don't want to deal with it. I'm the kind of person who's like, hey, let's just throw it out on the table. And it's not, I know right now that y'all both handled it correctly, so it's, it's not like we're dealing with it today. But it's, I know that you both handled what a moment it. That would have but been if we were, hey, everybody. I'm, not afraid, I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of that either. This is the kind of, yeah. I haven't awkward. seen the awkward turtle in so long. Do that again. I like that. Just like that, it's early 2000. Johnny says they carry the gifts we need. You know, And so what we see is that this is the kind of real stuff and real talk that will help people join as a team. Yeah. And say, oh, they have to deal with that too? Well, yeah. Yeah, everybody has to in that way. But how are we, we going to do the things God's called us to do if we don't open up? Mm -hmm. We're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. We're not going to. We'll just stagnate right here. And so that's the kind of stuff that you say, all right, because when you accept these guys and when you accept these guys, and you guys accept that, hey, you know, like, how long have you been here now? Six, seven Six, years. seven years. And how long are you? It'll be seven in August. So these guys have been six, here serving for six and seven years. And so when you guys say, you know what, why would I think that I'm going to be in a position higher or, or, you know, in that way? What an honor just to be here. And you guys say, I'm not trying to come in and do that. And you're, and you're saying, if they did, I don't care. If, if we have that heart of humility, all of a sudden we can instantly become a team. And instead of like, yeah. you know, kind of, you know, learning how to drive a stick shift and in the ministry, like, because we're solving all these things, we can just put it in gear and go yeah. Boom, yeah. and take off. That's the kind of stuff that it will stagnate ministries and stagnate people's growth because they won't be willing to give to the kingdom. They're just trying to advance their selves. Yeah. They're just trying to advance their own spiritual resume. And when we get to the place where like well, with that guy, uh, amen, Jade says, I literally had to deal with this last year. And uh, Pastor Nicole led her through that one with the grace of God. Amen. We need each other and we need more than what we have now. You know, the truth be told, in a year or two, we probably stand up here and draw 20 other people up yeah. here and say, we needed all these people and we didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. 
You know, and but if we don't learn how to do it right, then will we give them a place to be planted that's correct? And I know that I'm I'm probably touching right on stuff that we just walked through, but glory to God. Mm -hmm. Let's get real with it. I'm not in this for me. You're not in this for you. You're not in this for you. You're not in it for you. You're not in it for you. We're in it for Christ. And this is how we support the anointing is we make it easy. Because watch this. Let's say we don't handle it well. Mm-hmm. And you're doing it wrong and you're doing it wrong and you're doing it wrong and you're doing it wrong. I'm sitting here like, oh my goodness. Would you get your stuff together and let's just go forward? We got work to do and I'd be so frustrated. And is that protecting the anointing? Nope. Not at all. So as we learn how to do this, we protect the anointing, and now we're a good Abner mm-hmm. instead of a bad. Don't be a, put that in the comments, please. Don't be a bad Abner. Don't be a bad Abner. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you laugh at it. <laughs> I heard the laugh come through. Actually, that was the, what's the laugh out loud? What's the other one that's like breathing heavily through my nose? That was more like that. <laughs> Like, it, like you didn't really laugh out loud. You just actually breathed heavily through your nose. <laughs> Snorted to myself. Yeah. They have a, what's the acronym for that? But anyway. Well, what I, when you were saying that, what I was thinking was you see in the cartoons where you get like, like, let's see, like Alvin and the Chickmunks, for example, they get in the car and you got one working the brake, one trying to work the gas pedal, one trying to steer. Yeah. But they're all not on cue with each other, so yeah. they're never gonna—they're never going where they're Great going. Example. And they end up going off the road, crashing into something. Yeah. Where if they would, and then you see in other movies and stuff where they've had kids that's done that, and they've communicated with each other, and they get from point A to point B in a safe manner, the way yeah. they're supposed to go. And that's where it goes back to every joint supplies. Whether you're brand new in the church or you've been there seven yeah. years. Yeah. Everybody brings a supply that's needed to take the vision of where it's supposed to, where we're supposed to go in the vision. But if we yep. get too called up in yourselves, then you're never going to reach that vision. Mm-hmm. You're yep. going to be pushing the brake while somebody's trying to hit the gas and somebody's trying to turn yeah. left. Exactly. Well, what uh, you know, Pastor was talking earlier about how he and I have been talking this morning, and the Lord gave him something that really helped me. You know, this since we're on this, I hope you enjoy real talk conversations because we're about to have another one. Um, (laughs) You know, the last, I'll just use Paul and I because Paul and I, um, you know, you see us on the broadcast. I don't want to be standing awkwardly. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. You know, Paul and I are, we get to do these things together, but there's also, you know, there's some shifting and there's some stuff taking. (laughs) There's some stuff taking place in the ministry where Paul is stepping in in different ways and things that I'm doing look differently. So over the last year, I've had emotions on that. You know, I've had things I've dealt with and Paul and I have kind of talked about it a little bit. Um, But what I, what pastor was talking with me about is I had basically thought, you know, pastor and I would talk and he's like, you've got to deal with this. Like, you've got to deal with that. I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm dealing with it. And so I'd pray and I'd put the feelings down and I'd put it down and I'd be free of all of those feelings. And then all of a sudden, at some random point, like a thought would come back in or a feeling would come back in and I would just feel like crap about it. Cause I'm like, I thought I dealt with this. Right. Like, why am I still dealing with it again? I dealt with this already. I repented for having felt this way. Why are you still here? And it, it would, 
it would put me in this place of feeling really condemned all the time. Like, again, glass house, welcome, Paul. Like, there would be times where I'd see you and I'd just feel bad, not because of you, but because I'm like, why am I upset about this? Why, why do I feel this way about him? And, and not you, but just, you know, mm-hmm. like, whatever. Um, anyway, we're not going to get that real, but still. It, what Pastor was talking to me about and what he helped me see this morning is I had an expectation that dealing with it meant that it would never come back. And I thought that once I prayed and repented and just stood up in my authority that I would never hear the voice of a wrong emotion or a wrong thought again. I thought I just killed it dead and, and it would never you, rise. If you heard that thought or emotion... yeah that you had failed in getting rid of yeah. It. So it. Yeah. So it was like this self-fulfilling condemnation where I'd deal with it, hear it, assume I hadn't dealt with it, deal with it. It never stopped. Yeah. And as soon as you told me, um, basically expose that for what it was and help me see, no, you've dealt with it. This is just the lie that's trying to come back and you need to keep saying no and yeah. walk out the victory that you already have yeah. and the tr- and speak to that thing and remind it this is a dead thing. Yeah. It's, I don't have a temptation. It's a handled issue. You're yeah. trying to bring up a handled issue. Yeah. So. And that, like, when he when he said that to me, it like it came unlocked of, oh, I'm not this like crappy person. Yeah. I'm not just holding on and being in self-pity. No, this is something that's trying to raise itself against the standard of Christ that's already been decided it, for me. Yeah, it's already settled in your heart. Yeah. And But what you were doing was every time it would come back up, you would say, oh, I guess I haven't actually yeah. settled it. And you know, it, just because temptation comes up or the devil throws something at you, doesn't mean that you haven't dealt with it. The issue is, is it settled? And I use the example of, for me, smoking. For me, um, you know, if if I was guilty every time I had a bad thought, I would be guilty all the time. But Brother Hagen used to make a statement. He said, "You can't you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from making a nest yeah. in your head." in your hair. So in other words, what he's saying is temptations and stuff's going to be thrown at you and your flesh, we don't have a glorified body yet. This flesh carries in it a corruption, which is why we need a glorified mm-hmm. body. And so to say that we're beyond our flesh, uh, the flesh is one, it's defeated, yeah. sin is put down, it has no victory, Christ defeated that for us and it has no authority unless we give it to it. Mm-hmm. But to say that it's not going to have a voice or throw an option yeah. at you uh, is, is ludicrous. <clears throat> and that's what it says in 1 John chapter 1. It says, you know, for you to say that you have no sin, you're deceiving yourself. In other words, the flesh carries in it a desire to sin. Christ has just already given us the power yeah. to tell it no. And so what was happening is you were dealing with that, but you thought you had the illusion mm-hmm. that that would never come back up. So when I used to smoke, you know, smoke cigarettes, you know, I would I put that down. And I remember after I quit originally, man, the voice of temptation would come up on a regular basis. But I'd have to know this will help so many people. I would have to know that I know that that situation was already dealt with. Mm -hmm. It's already beaten. It's already defeated. 
And as I knew that it was already defeated, yeah. when the voice would come up and the temptation would come up, I'd, it'd be easy for me to say, no. And that'd be it. That'd be the end yeah. of it. Now, that didn't mean it was never going to come up again. Yeah. And if it came up, it didn't mean that it was an open thing in, yeah. in me. And so even now, I can't remember the last time, but every two to four years, I'll, I'll have a temptation to do that because... <clears throat> he knows it's not going to work. I mean, it, I'm, I'm beyond. I'm beyond that issue. That issue is handled in my life. You know, drinking alcohol, smoking cigarettes. Those issues are handled in my life. There was a time where they weren't, but now they're handled. And so he doesn't even tempt me with that yeah. anymore. But every now and then he will, just to see if I'm in a weak moment yeah. or something. Well, it's like what you were saying Sunday during the services. You got to set those triggers, like I especially yeah. with the flags. Those yeah. triggers that come up where. When you're having a bad day, goes. I know with the smoking, the thing, the temptation always gets me is the stressful day. Yeah. Because that was my go-to is to to relieve it. So every time I get one of those days where it seems like nothing's going right, so I've learned that now. So now when those things come up, and yeah. I'm still more fresh in it than yeah. what you are, so I've learned that when they've come up, that I I immediately put it down and then. I go to something and get my mind off of that situation. Yeah. Whether, like when you first went smoking, the popular things is chewing gum or chewing straws. It's the that yeah. habit. So, like I know now when stuff comes up like that situations, I know I've already got past that. So when those things come up, that flag goes here. It goes because I've we've even talked. And it's like you're like, have you? And I was like, it's been it's been one of those days. Like <laughs> I, if today was one of those days, the day would have been the day that I would have grabbed yeah. one. Like. But it's it goes back to what you're saying. You got to set those those flags, those triggers, to where you know yes. when that comes, it pops up, and you immediately yeah. immediately put it down. Yeah, know that it's already settled in your heart. So and just because it comes up, does I'm I'm not taking condemnation because it comes up. Right. I just immediately take it to a settled issue, yeah. settled in the power of Christ that broke the power of that sin, and it's done. Yeah, because when you do that, you're you're you know, going back to protecting the anointing. Yes. You're protecting that anointing that's on your life. Mm -hmm. Because if somebody was to see you with that, it could draw them and make them think differently of you, which could then result in them not receiving a word that God gave you for that person yeah. when they need it to. Or um, it's, yeah. Well, I know you and I were talking um, again today because I was part of the 20 messages. Um one of the things that Pastor brought back up is, you know, there was a... Are you catching a fly again? Are you about to? You really oh. impressed the girls the other day when you caught the fly. You like got it, Mr. Miyagi. You got to move real, <laughs> real slow. There was, a, there was a point, I know you've told the story a lot. You told it to me again today where um, basically the Lord told you what to be in joy or to think on things worthy of praise. What was that? What, what did he specifically tell you? I know the point I'm trying to make, but... Um, I'll have to remember. Basically, where Pastor was dwelling on things without realizing oh, he was dwelling oh. on it. Yeah, it was... Uh, I'd had a really bad year of discouragement, and we were starting in the new year, and I kind of made a statement at the beginning of the year. I, this will not be a year of discouragement. Yeah. And then um, the Lord... Uh, or excuse me, Nicole told me two items one morning that both could have potentially really hurt the ministry. 
and uh, the items were not necessarily in my hands, but it was in people's hands. Mm -hmm. And so I'd learned to pray. Um, I'd learned to pray until I got released. Mm -hmm. And so what I did was I prayed, and I prayed in the Holy Ghost until I felt the peace of God come in, and then I let it go. Well, later on that day, it came up again in me, and so I prayed again. And, then it, and I probably prayed six, seven times that day, got to the end of the day, and I was discouraged. And I was like, I did what I know to do. Yeah. I, like, why? I was like, this is not right. I am not going to be discouraged. Why am I discouraged? I'm like, God, why am I discouraged? And I knew it probably had something to do with me, but I don't know what that is. And he said, what did you think about all day? Yeah. And I said, well, I thought about those two problems, but I prayed every time I thought about them, I handed them over to you. I felt the peace of God come yeah. in. And, and, the, and then he said again, he said, what did you think about all day? Yeah. And I saw it. I saw the issue was not that it came up. The issue was I didn't really deal with it properly. I, I did good to pray it out and get the peace each time it came up. That's better than what most yeah. people, I've found, than what most people do, turn over to the Lord. But had I truly turned it over and entered yeah. into rest, I would have not even thought about it after the first time. But what it proved was that it wasn't really settled in my heart. I had not really overcome that, that I had actually, and so I was thinking about it even subconsciously all throughout the day. And because I was meditating on the problem and not meditating on the fact that I believe that I have received yeah. it, I've received it and entered into rest. Because if I'm in true rest, that problem's going to be settled. Yeah. And so every time it would come up, I'd just be like, that's settled. But it, you know, that's settled. But it wasn't settled, which is why I felt like I had to pray about it every single time. But if I get to the place of being settled, uh, then I can enter into rest. And I wasn't in rest, so I was discouraged at the end of the day. And the Lord was showing me, that's why, amen, Charlotte, she said, you're speaking to me. I said, he said, that's why you're discouraged is because you truly didn't actually settle it and enter into rest. Mm -hmm. And um, he said... And I, I opened, I, I talked really openly to the Lord right in that moment. I said, oh my goodness, I'm causing my own problem. Yeah. And he said, yeah. He said, the issue's already settled. You caused your own discouragement, your own stress, mm -hmm. your own, all of that. You caused all that yourself because you didn't, you didn't actually settle it and enter into rest. And, and then I thought, I said, I've been doing this for years. Yeah. He's like, yeah. And so... Praise God that his love and grace showed me that issue. But I, I didn't have revelation of it until that day. Yeah. So he'll help us through that. So well, that's between, the story. Sorry. Between that and then last night, Pastor Tracy was talking about how sin consciousness is being focused on works. You know, yeah. when, when that thing keeps coming up so often because of our flesh and its nature to focus on negative things and then also logic them out, yeah. oftentimes, I know for me, so often this morning was one of them where 
something will come in and your mind tries to put the pieces together of this plus this equals this. And then right. one, two, three equals this right here. And what we're doing is we're not actually letting God be God. We're trying to be God for him. We're trying to figure it Logic out Logic becomes behalf. our God, our yeah. thinking, our, you know, we don't realize how powerful God made our brain, but if left in the wrong hands, it's like the Tower of Babel where he says, look, these are people without God and, and in the curse. He said, but if we don't confuse their language, they, he said, they'll do anything they set their mind to. Yeah. And the reason was they were that well created. Well, what you see there is not that God was trying to hold them back from what their destiny was. Yeah. If you look at it, they had made the wrong thing the source, and if left to continue, they would be destroyed. They right. would destroy themselves and he said, I don't want them to destroy themselves. So I, instead of having them destroy themselves, I'm going to make sure that they can't communicate right. on that same level. Otherwise, they'll end up destroying themselves. And, yeah. I, and they'll, you know, humanity will be lost. And so he said, I've got to do something about it. But if you just look at how powerful and well-designed they were in the image and likeness of God, you start to get a glimpse at how strong our mind, will, and emotions, the soul, is. And many times without putting our soul and taking our thoughts captive yeah. properly, that soul will start to imagine all of solutions, yeah. problems, and it'll give life to a problem or it'll give life to a solution that God's not the author of. Mm -hmm. And so our brain can, I mean, it's so powerful and it'll start to provide and we'll call it God because we were praying, but what was really happening was we were praying, but in our mind we were going from one yeah. piece of logic to the next and we were creating the solution. Then we go in and we call it God and then it doesn't work because yeah. it's not based on eternal things and then we blame God for it not working. And so what we've got to do is actually realize how powerful that is and get to the place where in rest we can take all of that, shove it aside, and let the Lord bring us an answer. Well, and it goes back to what Pastor, I think part of this goes back to what Pastor Nicole said earlier about true submission when we were talking about bringing things to your leader and whatnot um, and not trusting that God will take care of us. I think that's, for me, one of the things that I've needed to grow in in my own walk is trusting that God loves me and he'll take care of me and I don't yeah. need to do it for myself. You know, God loves me. He speaks for me. He defends me. He upholds me and he's got the plan for me. Yeah. You know that plan from God as well. God speaks to you on my behalf. He gives you things on my behalf and I don't need to force it. And so often we try to force our yeah. own will. We're building our own house. We're building our own house. And what that essentially is, is manipulating our environment and it's witchcraft you know yeah. that manipulation that level of deception it's trying to force something and stepping us into that place of basically witchcraft manipulating the yeah. environment around you but I remember when I first moved here you told me I didn't even realize I had a tendency to do that when I first moved here you told me to watch it and and to make sure I didn't and I saw how many situations I would want to be in control of yeah. so that way I could determine the outcome I could think through this is going to happen so I'm going to be here when it does yeah. and it's a lack of faith in the Lord being a good God and a yeah. loving God and a God who wants the best for us 
Well, when you know that he truly loves you and he has the best and he's not withholding any good thing, mm -hmm. and you know that he is the one who promotes. Mm -hmm. He is the one who promotes. He is the one who will put you in positions. Mm -hmm. No leader is in a position without God's hand uh, involved in it. Yeah. Involved in it. Um, that doesn't mean that every bad that doesn't mean that every bad uh, leader God put in that right. place, but he's involved in it. So here's what we do. When we trust God to build our own house, I don't have to maneuver mm -hmm. to try and be in a position to control. If God wants me in control, he'll put me there. He will promote. He's my promoter, not mm -hmm. myself. And that's truly a trust and a rest in God. And so, you know, let me give you a good example <coughs> of that. If you, if God doesn't build the house, the, the builder builds in vain in mm -hmm. Psalms 127. The builder builds in vain. So the reason why you see so many, like look at um, song, uh, songwriters, uh, singers, yeah. uh, you know, many singers uh, will actually be anointed by God. Yeah. But then, either through their own heart and mind or through the heart and mind of others that want to um, make money off of their gift. Uh, and that's a lot of times people are just being ravenous wolves around somebody with a gift. This happens in pastors and ministry as well. And they'll see a gift and they'll want to be uh, benefiting and profiting off of that gift. And so many times what will happen is they will try to get in that person's head and tell them, well, you have a gift. There other people are holding you back. You need to be on the big stage. And so they will feed that wrong uh, source of thinking in that person, the person who feels like I've got to make something happen. If you want something done, you got to, you got to make it happen yourself. You got yeah. to do it yourself. That's a worldly thinking, and it's, in, it's unbiblical where we wrong, wrongfully step into areas and force something that God's not given us a word to do or make something happen. And people use the Bible to back up that kind of thinking. It's incorrect. We move at the word of God. In his word is the fullness of life. And we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so many singers will be sitting there with maybe a little bit of a wrong thinking in that area. Many ministers will be sitting with a wrong thinking in that area. And then all of a sudden somebody will come and say, well, you know, you need, you need to do this. I can remember one time I recognized it as wrong, but I just preached a message and like people were standing and applauding and everything. This was before we had boomerang. And uh, somebody walked up to me afterwards and said, so I, what I want to know is, when are you going to have your own church? Yeah. And I recognized it. I went, ooh. I just smiled. I said, well, that's up to the Lord. You know, that's up to the Lord. I don't, I don't try. Anyway, but that person was moving by that spirit mm -hmm. and saying something they should have never said. They, yeah. were, they were a false prophesying. Yeah. And what the devil was trying to do was get me to reach out and take something right. that God hadn't said to do and to make me build my own house and to puff up my thinking. Right. And I recognized it, praise God, uh, and made sure. I even backed off. I was like, since you want to tempt me with that, I'm going to step away from it just to say, look, this thing doesn't have any authority over it. So then what you start to see is... Uh, 
what you start to see is this, is that a singer will be in that position, and all of a sudden, what happens? The gift will make room for them. Yeah. The gift will make a, make a place for them, and they'll step into it, and now they feel like they've arrived. They feel like they've made the right choice and everything. It was the completely wrong choice, and all of a sudden, they don't have the character. They don't have the oversight. The source of that promotion was not God, and before you know it, uh, you know, they're, they're cutting their hair off in the <clears> bathroom. <throat> and um, so, you, and you see them fall. Yeah, thank you. You see them fall, and that's a sad and tragic story. But you see them, and you'll see actors do the same way. And the reason is because they didn't let God build the house. In other words, God, if you're not the promoter behind it, if you're not the one opening the door, I don't want it. And I want you to see this. If, if God opens the door, and he wants you in that position, and your heart is to be after God, you're not going to miss it. Yeah. Most people are afraid that they'll miss it, and so they jump too quickly and move in a man, man's worldly logic, and God's not building that house. Yeah. And because of that, they'll never be what they're called to be because they're building their own house and don't recognize it. And this is so important, but and you see so many people fall that are gifted. Oh, they're so gifted. I wish they could have You've got to let God build the house. In other words, when it started the church, like I wasn't starting a church till I heard from God. I need to hear from God. That's not something to play with. You're talking about people's lives. I'm not starting yeah. you know, a new phase or a new wing of ministry unless I hear from God. I got to hear from him and I need to hear not only what to do, but when to do it. And this is how we give ourselves to the things of God and our brain's not figuring out all the pieces of yeah. how to get there because it'll lead us astray. Well, Pastor Tracy said something on the broadcast yesterday um, about how even like the fear, not, I don't remember exactly how he said it, but basically that Fear of missing God doesn't come from God. You know, being scared yeah. that you're going to miss out on the Lord and what he's calling you to do, that that fear is not something that originates from him. It's, it's still fear. It sounds like a yeah. good thing. Like, I don't want to miss God. I'm so scared. Like, I've got to make sure I'm tuned in. God's able to get loud if we're about to miss it. He's able to speak through other people. Yes. And he, he will keep us on that path if we're hungry and humble. But that fear is not something he does. No, it's still fear. Or... Fear of time being short. And, yeah. uh, well, time's short. And we were talking on the broadcast yesterday with uh, uh, Brother Tracy. And, and I said, you know, the devil was trying to get me into fear uh, of time being short. There's not a lot of time left, so you got to go make something happen. Mm -hmm. And now I would have been building the house, yeah. and that was all logical, and it was a temptation. But the other thing he did was he, he tried to get me to move based off of condemnation. Well, you've already wasted mm -hmm. so much time. Yeah. You've got to make up time. I don't have to make up yeah. nothing. That's a lie. The Lord will restore what the canker worm has stolen, right. not me. Right. The Lord will restore. The Lord will promote. I don't have to create a position, maneuver a position, manipulate a position. Either people want to hear from me or they don't, and that's what God puts in their heart. You know, either they do or they don't, and I could give a rip one way or the other, whether they do or they don't. I try for people to be nice and, and to like, you know, what I do, but if they don't, they don't. Yeah. 
and I'm okay with it. I'm not, you know, not trying to be harsh or be mean, but let's be real. Yeah. Either God puts me in their heart and they like me for that reason or they don't. Yeah. I'm not going to try and make it myself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be who God's <laughs> called me to be, yeah. say what he's told me to say, and act the way he's told me to act. And if I do that, then I'm obedient in his eyes, and that's what matters. Yeah. And if people don't like it, you got to think, Jesus never did anything wrong. Mm -hmm. He never did one thing wrong, and people still hated him. Yeah. People still tried to kill him. It's one of those things. It, and it's people's job to move into uh, honor and esteem mm -hmm. and to go away from familiarity. Yeah. Jesus did everything right, and he never sinned, and he was carrying the power of God into Nazareth. But the people there were familiar with him. They didn't see him as the Messiah. They saw him as Joseph and Mary's son. And because of that, they missed the power of God. Yeah. So I'll teach people to honor, and I'll teach people to, to go away from familiarity. I'll teach people to be submitted and be loyal, But that's because these are the ways of God, not because I need it. If yeah. I needed it, I'd be in trouble. I need to hear from God and be obedient. People need to be loyal or submitted, yeah. not you. Know, and I need to be loyal and submitted to the people God's told me to. Because why? I don't want to miss it. Uh, John, Pastor John told last night, he told a story. I love this story. He said there was a man, very wealthy man. He sold a property, and uh, the property was uh, brought him in $12 million dollars. And he had he had that he didn't need the money. That's how wealthy he was. And he said, all of a sudden, he said the Lord gave him a revelation on tithing and giving, and he told him to call in his kids and sit down and share that revelation. And when he shared the revelation with them, that he would give them that money. So four kids, he would give them each three million dollars. But his kids were so busy, quote unquote, so busy. You're only as busy as you think you are. Yep. You're only as busy as you want to be. Yeah. His kids were so busy. Now, like, you can't tell me, I'm going to go spend four hours with Dad, and I'm going to come out with $3 million. Who gets paid that much? Right. How busy are you? I mean, if you see, if they knew it, if they were honorable, they would have been there. You make time for the you things make that are time important. for the things that are important. They should have honored him just because he was Dad said, you want, I want to talk to you. Should have honored him in that way. And, uh, but... He said, hey, I want to talk to you. They should have moved to be there. And they didn't move to be there. And, uh, and they were wondering, and two of them passed away. Mm -hmm. Two of the kids passed away. There's only two left. And they were wondering, like, why doesn't dad give us this stuff? And the mom was like, you need to go talk to your dad. He had it. It's sitting there the whole time. Now it's been sitting there for years, and they still, I, I don't know if they've gotten it now, but at the telling of the story, they have why didn't they receive it? Because they didn't honor. Many times people want to only honor the spectacular. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, they only want the spectacular, but they don't realize that the supernatural is in the ways of God. And the ways of God is honor and loyalty and protecting the anointing and submitting ourselves. And that's where grace and greater grace is. But people don't want to do that. My job is to teach that and then be who God's called me to be, say what he's told me to say, 
do the things he's told me to do. And a lot of people don't even like talk like this because it calls their responsibility into the light and on the carpet. Yeah. But it's time for that to change. Yeah. We're talking to people that want to change that. We're talking to people that say, I don't want to be average yeah. anymore. I don't want to be mediocre anymore. Yeah. I'm tired of being average. I'm yeah. tired of being mediocre. Yeah. And I won't have it anymore. Yeah. Then that means we got to get real with ourselves. Amen. we got to be willing to put our flesh on the table. And if I call you up and, and say, hey, look, this is what we've been dealing with, you're good with it because you just want to get on with it, you yeah. know? A buddy told me a great thing the other day. He was like, man, I realized I, I did there was a lot more that I have to learn and, and grow in. Great statement. Great statement. And he was willing yeah. to, to go and put himself in the position to let the light be shined on him. Man, kudos. That's, yeah. what, that's what humility does. That's good stuff. That's why you'll grow. Yep. Amen. 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 They even, they're putting it in the comments. I didn't even ask them to. I don't want to be average anymore. I don't want to be mediocre anymore. Yeah. Let, me, let me read you this verse. Johnny popped up, and he and I were talking about this the other day. I love this. Love it, love it, love it. Romans chapter 8. I hope it's in Romans chapter 8. <laughs> well, as you're looking for it, um, you know, on Sunday, I think we may have talked about it Monday on the broadcast, I don't remember. Yeah. But, on, but on Sunday, when you, I really feel like you gave the church a key on how to find Jesus easier and quicker. And it's come up to me several, several times this week when we shift our thinking. And, you know, it's, it's Bible. It's straightforward. Philippians 4, 8, think on things worthy of praise, things that are good and honorable, of good reputation, pure, honest. Um, when you think on those things, that's where God is. You know, God's not down here in the average and mediocre. Yeah. God's above that. There are thoughts that are higher than what's average and what's common and what's mediocre. He's above those things. And when we decide, when I decide that I'm not going to live in mediocrity, I'm not going to live in average that I've been living with, and I choose to transition myself to live in God's level of normal, that means that my thinking needs to go higher. My confession needs to go higher. Yeah. What I'm dwelling on needs to go higher. It can't stay on the road anymore. It's time to go up in the yeah. sky. It's time to transition up in the clouds. It's time to go find where Jesus is and not just expect him to come down here and visit us in the average and mediocre. It's time for us to intentionally go higher. It's time for us to intentionally seek after him. It's time for us to intentionally go and find where he's residing and then reside there ourselves. Amen. Amen. So this, uh, let's George see. is here. George? Just now, I didn't know he was there. Hi, George. <laughs> I'm sure I've seen you, George. <laughs> There's a camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Look at this. This is Romans chapter 8, verse 19. It says, For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. Mm. 
verse 20, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free mm. from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory mm. of the children of God. Yeah. See, the world is longing. The world is longing, groaning for the things of God. Yeah. For, and watch this, not just the things of God, but the children of God. What he's saying here is, if the children of God, the bride of Christ, yeah. the body of Christ, will start to step out of average and out yeah. of mediocrity and be who they're called to be, carrying the glory of God, yeah. walking not just in... in uh, flippant words, but in yeah. the words of the kingdom and power, it says, in other words, creation knows that when they start walking like that, they'll set creation right. Yeah. This is what Jesus said when he said, I pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the prayer of a child of God, Amen. not just somebody who's playing church. It's time for us to be who God's called us to be and stop hanging around, being satisfied with the Holy Ghost goosebumps only. But let's pray for people and see them healed. Let's see the demons yeah. run and flee. Let's see people yeah. come to the Lord in droves by the thousands under your voice. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm not, a, I'm not a pastor. I'm not talking to pastors. I'm talking to leaders. I'm talking right. to the ministers. The children of God is yeah. who I'm talking to. I'm talking to the people that will carry a glory like Peter's shadow, and it'll start to raise up people. They'll start popping right. out of wheelchairs because you just walk by them. I'm talking about people that will bring the dead back to life in the name yeah. of Jesus, yeah. the name yeah. above every name. Amen. People that are walking in the supernatural. Yeah. Creation is groaning yeah. for it. It's longing for the children of God to be the children Amen. of God. Amen. That's who you're called to be. Yeah. That's why we don't play around with small things of the world, but we let God build the house yes. and we will uphold the anointing, put our flesh down and be who God's called us to be. Amen. Amen. I see that in you. That's why you're watching today. Lord, let every person, amen, Priscilla said, and that's who I will be. Glory to God. I see it in every person that's hearing this or, or seeing it. Lord, let it rise up. Let the fire of God start to burn off the dross. Let the things of God come up to the level that they need yeah. to come up to. Let the things of God start to start to bubble inside of them and say, I will not be held back. Yeah. I will not be average anymore. I will not be in mediocre, but I will move into the power of God and the glory of God. And I shall not be denied, not because I'm something special, but because Jesus said I could have it and I could walk in it. And he's made me capable and able Lord, let it rise up inside their heart now. Let them be ministers of your gospel. Let them be the ones disciplined after you, the disciples, the true disciples of God that are walking in the fullness of manifestation, signs, wonders, and miracles, the power and authority to beat back the devil. Lord, let them rise up in it today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you agree and you receive it, say, I receive it. Amen. I receive it. Amen. Darla said, rise up in me.
Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I receive it. Amen. Randy says, I will not be held back. Amen. The one who's disciplined after you. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, <laughs> glory. Glory, glory, glory. Hope you enjoyed the broadcast. Hey, remember, share it. If you've already shared it, just share it one time. But you can share it on Facebook, and you can share it on YouTube, and you can share it on Twitter and uh, all those places. But, you know, on Facebook, just share it once. But people need to hear this message. There's a body, a sleeping giant. There's a sleeping giant that is need, has need to be awakened. Yeah. They need to hear a message like this that yep. grabs a hold of them and shakes them and gets a hold of their spirit and says, wake up, wake up, be who I've called you to be. And a message like this carries an anointing yeah. to activate it and to be that alarm clock. Yeah. And so they need to hear it. One word can change everything. We love you. The broadcast is, of course, free. It's absolutely free. But I know that God's put on some people's heart uh, that you would like uh, to give. I want to support a message that wakes up the body of Christ. I want to be a part of that. And for those that God's put that on your heart, then you can go to givebc.org and you can give there. Uh, that's always the best place to give. But on Facebook, you can also do hashtag donate and the amount after that. And uh, it's really easy. So we love you. We praise God for you. Everybody that's given. Actually, I saw a couple of gifts earlier. Lord, everybody who gives today, in the name of Jesus, just like Melchizedek, we receive those tithes and offerings. We receive them, Lord, and we call them blessed. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give to your bosom. The seed that's sown is the one that's multiplied. According to 2 Corinthians 9, the seed that's sown is the one that's multiplied. Lord, multiply the seed that people give, their resources, the pieces of their life that's valuable, Lord. Lord, multiply it back to them. And Lord, let them be the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. Blessed going in and blessed going out. Blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Lord, bless everything they set their hand to. Bless their children. Bless their animals. Bless their crops. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Father. And Lord, give them part. Uh, Paul said it. He said that you have part with everything that we do because you gave to us. Lord, let them take part, everyone who gives, let them take part with the grace, the supernatural power and favor that's on me and on this ministry. Let people yeah. that give take part of yes. that grace yep. and let them be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you. Share the broadcast if you haven't. And we'll see you tomorrow at Lunch Plus at noon. And amen. Thank you all for being here. Y'all did good? Welcome. Amen. amen. God's good. I may have talked more than y'all today. You're completely allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it was an anointing for sure. Mm -hmm. We love you. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.